listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Megan Goods. This is your latest Teachers Talk Radio News. The government has laid out plans to make offering, advertising or providing essay writing services to university and college students for financial gain illegal. The new measure will be part of the Skills and Post-16 Education Bill, which hopes to transform further and technical education. The Department for Education said it hopes the criminalisation of essay mill services will stop students from falling prey to deceptive marketing techniques from contract cheating services. The latest coronavirus figures show that 204,000 students were absent in England last week due to contracting or having close contact with the virus. This equates to 1 in 40 students off school in England, up from 1 in 80 on September the 7th. Teaching unions have called the statistics grim and fear it is the unvaccinated status of the majority of 10 to 19 year olds that is causing the rise. That was your latest Teachers Talk Radio News. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Mr. Joe Arde, and today I'm your host on Teachers Talk Radio. So, just to introduce myself, a little bit about myself, I am a serving computer science teacher. I'm also an educator of STEM. I'm also very passionate about STEM. And a few interesting things about STEM that you need to you need to know include, or what my interests are, are my career, are my career's interest in STEM, um, fostering STEM enrichment in secondary education, digital skills for the next generation, which is really important, and encouraging the next generation of you young people to study and pursue careers in STEM. So, as I said, thank you for listening, obviously, to in today's show. And we have an amazing guest, guest who will be joining us very shortly. Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DfE-validated programmes to help you? Read Write Ink Phonics, Floppies Phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. Hello everyone and welcome to the History Hotline, the hottest line for all things black history and beyond. I'm your host, Deanna Lynn Cook, making space for honest conversations about black British, Caribbean and African history. Here to teach you all the things left out of your school books. Make sure you subscribe to the History Hotline on all good podcast platforms. Follow us on social media at the History Hotline on Instagram and at the History HL on Twitter to find out about new upcoming episodes. Do you struggle with people-pleasing? Is it a constant battle managing different and difficult personalities? 
Why not inspire, challenge and empower your team through the Mal CPD Essential Coaching Skills for School Leaders course or gain practical skills to become a strong and compassionate leader through the assertive leadership and the emotionally intelligent leader courses. All Mal CPD courses are accredited by the Institute of Leadership and Management. Find out more at www.malcpd.com. Welcome, everyone. As I said, welcome back, and obviously, I hope you obviously enjoyed listening to this advert. So today, I'm your host, and just to talk about a few things, obviously, just to, as I said, introducing myself, here's some things that you can talk about, obviously, or regards to STEM, which I will be discussing today. Um, so did you know, in the last 18 months, the whole landscape around education and work has changed? For example, schools have now to have invested heavily in ed tech, allowing people to work from home or receive online education. In April last year, nearly 50% uh, of young people uh, did some form of work or those with employment. And especially the target group of aged 16 to 24, where they were less likely to engage in online learning than older students, than older people. Uh, reason being for that is because, obviously, you know, during the lockdown, a lot of people's mental health was obviously greatly affected. And obviously, there was an ongoing battle as a parent myself to kind of encourage my own children to, you know, take on some form of education. <clears throat> now, as I mentioned before, obviously, I've got an interest in STEM, and STEM is my passion. And obviously, being teaching over a decade, here's some ideas for a STEM club that you can obviously run for yourselves. Uh, running a STEM club based on a passion. So, for example, I have a passion for, you know, coding or for eSports, for example. Um, examples of extracurricular programs could involve things like, you know, Tech Girls, DigiGirls, obviously, Raspberry Pi sort of programs. Um, write an article about STEM in your school. So I publish an article for my school um, called the STEM Corner. Trips around uh, trips around careers in STEM. Obviously, you know, visiting obviously various institutions, and obviously a number of STEM competitions such as Cyberturian is a fantastic competition. So, as you know, it's Black History Month this month, and obviously my thing is proud to be me. Okay, proud to be, and. With that being said, obviously, what are you proud to be of? You know, what, how would your legacy be defined, you know, in regards to, you know, Black History Month, in regards to education, in regards to STEM? And I look forward to hearing your responses a little bit later on in the show. Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DfE-validated programmes to help you? Read Write Ink Phonics, Floppies Phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use, and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more, and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. Hello everyone and welcome to the History Hotline, the hottest line for all things black history and beyond. I'm your host, Diana Lynn Cook, making space for honest conversations about black British, Caribbean and African history. Here to teach you all the things left out of your school books. Make sure you subscribe to the History Hotline on all good podcast platforms. Follow us on social media at the History Hotline on Instagram and at the History HL on Twitter to find out about new upcoming episodes. Do you struggle with people-pleasing? Is it a constant battle managing different and difficult personalities? Why not inspire, challenge and empower your team through the Mal CPD Essential Coaching Skills for School Leaders course? Or gain practical skills to become a strong and compassionate leader through the assertive leadership and the emotionally intelligent leader courses. All Mal CPD courses are accredited by the Institute of Leadership and Management. Find out more at www.malcpd.com. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.
Now, I'd like to welcome my guest for today's show. And my guest is a, a like myself, a you know, a, a you know, a love of STEM and love of all things science. So, I'd like to welcome my guest. And my guest for today is George Bream. Can you give her a round of applause? So, I'm just hopefully our guest should be joining us shortly at 1.40. Um, as I said, as you know, obviously today's live show is my first live show, and this is something obviously I've been looking forward to for a while. So, with that being said, I look forward to obviously receiving your calls, obviously at some point in the show today, if obviously you have access to the Teach Talk Radio's uh, podcast for today. Now, so, <clears throat> going forward... Obviously, and once my guest does arrive, I'm looking forward to talking with my guest about today's topic, which is the importance of STEM. Why is it important to encourage young women and students from different ethnicities to consider pursuing a career in science? So the question I put out, this is a question I put out to a lot of people because obviously with that being said, obviously I'm, you know, a massive lover of STEM, you know, and STEM is something that I'm really passionate about. Um, as I mentioned, probably in the short, or didn't mention, obviously I'm a former tech professional. So obviously I've seen how important it is to have people from different ethnicities and different backgrounds and different genders to be involved in STEM, especially the tech industry. And especially there's a major shortage of women. So did you know that in the tech industry, about 3% of the workforce or the STEM of the workforce is women. And this is something obviously, you know, at a ground roots level that we need to change, you know, i.e., for example, encouraging the next generation. Hello. So encouraging the next generation of uh, people or young women or, you know, to... <clears throat> come, um, you know, to embrace STEM, you know, to sort of think about, okay, why is it important that we teach STEM in school? Why is it important that, you know, we encourage young people to follow STEM careers? It's not just necessarily about, you know, following technology, engineering, or maths, okay? It's more or less looking at STEM as the bigger picture. And like I said, these are the sort of the careers of the future. You know, having worked, as I said, in the second industry myself, I know fully aware And I'm fully aware how important it is to encourage the younger generation to follow in the footsteps and, you know, to embrace them careers and, be, and they are the future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Megan Goods. This is your latest Teachers Talk Radio News. The government has laid out plans to make offering, advertising or providing essay writing services to university and college students for financial gain illegal. The new measure will be part of the Skills and Post-16 Education Bill, which hopes to transform further and technical education. The Department for Education said it hopes the criminalisation of SA Mill services will stop students from falling prey to deceptive marketing techniques from contract cheating services. The latest coronavirus figures show that 204,000 students were absent in England last week due to contracting or having close contact with the virus. This equates to one in 40 students off school in England, 
up from 1 in 80 on September the 7th. Teaching unions have called the statistics grim and fear it is the unvaccinated status of the majority of 10 to 19 year olds that is causing the rise. That was your latest Teachers Talk Radio News. Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DFE validated programs to help you? Read Write Ink Phonics, Floppies Phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use, and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs. <laughs> now, I wish to introduce my host in today's show, which is uh, Miss George Bream. Good afternoon, George. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Thank you for coming on our show. Thank you for coming on, on our first live show today. Hope you're well today. Oh, just a little bit stressed. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine, no worries, no worries. Welcome to have you on the show anyway. So I'm glad that obviously you know you've uh, tuned in today. So, George, I just want to see, talk to you about today's topic, which is obviously the importance of STEM and why it's important to encourage young women and students from different ethnicities to consider pursuing a career in science. So, my first question to you is this Can you please tell us your name and a bit about yourself? Yeah, so I am George Bream, um, and some people who know me already from Twitter know that I am a science teacher, mum, outdoor lover, uh, avid shoe collector, and a, a slightly crazy lady in general. And my pupils definitely know me as that. <laughs> that's fair enough. I mean, that's cool. That's what I don't see, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a sense of humour and being a bit crazy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, obviously, you mentioned obviously your role in education, in obviously, you know, as a teacher. Can you tell us a bit more about your role? what your yeah. daily role involves of course i can yeah so at the moment i'm actually working in the asn sector which for people um, in england would be the sen sector in scotland we call it the additional support needs sector and i'm a science teacher who at the moment i'm teaching first to fourth years a range of courses um, from our broad general education in first to third year in scotland and then moving on to the national uh, scottish qualification awards in in fourth year we do national two to national four science which is a kind of combination of chemistry physics and biology um, so I've been here for about four years doing that but I'm also the project leader for literacy so my role varies in the school from day to day um, but generally I'm in the classroom encouraging everyone um, to get into science and technology um, but also I'm, I'm really keen on making sure that we are developing their confidence in literacy to back up that science education. Fantastic thank you very much so my next question to you is this, based on the topic we'll talk about in today's show, what advice would you give to the next generation of young people in regards to studying and pursuing a career in science? <laughs> it's such a huge question, isn't it? And when I was thinking about this question, I was trying to trying to kind of gather what, what would I want to have been told? And, and that does come into your kind of next question to me. But at the moment, what I've written down is it's so much more than it is at school. And what I mean by that is science, technology, engineering and maths. It's going to save our planet and save our world, really. And, and I keep hearing this word, this kind of phrase, that the careers don't exist now that these that the children are going to go on to do. But I think that was the same in my day when I was at school. And actually, women in particular have been trailblazing for years in science. And we just have to look at some of our, you know, kind of, if we go back in, in, in time to Katherine Johnson, who was one of the first black women to work in NASA as a scientist. I watched the Hidden Faces movie a lot in, in my class, which is looking at the, the black women who were computers um, in, in NASA. So they were the ones who computed all the kind of mathematical and the, the geometry and the, the orbitals of the space. Um, flights and and Catherine Johnson was was a trailblazer back then and so I suppose my advice to to young women and girls now is go for it absolutely go for it if if you've got a slight interest in science or technology and and we're talking here about computing food technology water science you know there's so much to this if you've got a slight interest in it there will be a job out there for you and and I think 
you know, my mum was a scientist, and I mentioned that to you when we've been chatting before. And in my life, being a scientist was never a question. You know, whether I was a woman, my little brother's an engineer, I'm a science teacher, and our mum was was one of the first research chemists in British sugar. So the advice is go for it. <laughs> you know, do what you want. I think you want to get a job that feels like you're not working. I mean, I'm sure you feel the same as me about teaching that it doesn't feel like I'm working some of the time because I have so much fun. So if they want to continue that 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 love of that tiny bit of science that they've, they've been taught or that little bit of computing or, you know, games technology, developing games, there will be a job out there for them. So do they want to save the world? Do they want to have fun? And if so, then yeah, go for a career in science or engineering because there's so much out there and it's, it's, a, it's a great, it's a really up and coming industry now. It's so important now, even more than it ever has been in the past. I mean, that's brilliant to hear. I was wondering, can you tell the, um, the listeners a bit more about your mother's uh, legacy, please? If oh my gosh. To hear about that. Yeah, I mean, um, and I, and I apologise now if if I if I sound a little bit emotional because it's actually would have been my mum's seventy third birthday today, um, and she was a great woman. I mean, she drove a lorry. She um, was a research chemist at British Sugar. She worked in Birdseye. I mean, some of the some of the food that you guys will be eating now that are just commonplace on our plates. Crispy pancakes. <laughs> that was one of the projects that my mum and also my dad was actually involved in developing. Mum was a, a research chemist and and in the 60s, it was quite unusual for a woman to go to university, let alone a woman to go to university to study science. But but when I hear stories about my younger mum, she also had a scooter and she used to drive about on her scooter and that was quite unusual then. So I suppose I have come from, and the legacy that my mum has left me is that I don't have barriers in my way. I don't see barriers because my mum never saw barriers. She did what she wanted to do and was a strong, confident woman with it. I remember her driving her lorry. That was much later in her life when she had her own pet food wholesale business. And I used to go out in the lorry with her and she'd call me her boss. And I just used to love it because there was, you know, I'm going to quote, big hairy men who kind of just used to treat her the same as them because she was. She was a strong, independent woman who did what she wanted to do because she had a passion to improve her life and show me that I could also be a strong, independent woman and do what I want to do. And is that the advice that you would pass on to the young women in your in your science class days like, going forward? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I mean, today today on Twitter, I actually saw Barbie has even updated herself. Um, Barbie has got a whole bunch of new characters who are, are based on some of our wonderful women out there that are doing great things. Now, you just have to look on any any social media and you'll find them. Alyssa Carson, who's the who's going to be the first, one of the future Mars walkers. She's a young female who actually talks about going to Mars like I talk about going to Morrison's. <laughs> I mean, and, and I just think, you know, she's talking about things that are, that are unimaginable to me as a 41-year-old woman. But in her world, why not go to Mars? <laughs> and, and, and I think that's it. We have lived in a world where development, I mean, in Scotland, why word science has been, you know, we've led development in Scotland over history. And, and I think we, we can still grab that and say, yeah, let's do it. Dream. Because we are going to have to leave this planet. We are going to have to maybe go and find resources elsewhere. And maybe, you know, this Alyssa Carson, maybe her family is going to be born on Mars. I don't know. But if you can imagine it, why not try and do it? No, and I agree with that 100 percent you know and you know as a father myself who has a daughter um mm -hmm. you know it's very important that the importance of a role model you know and I think yeah. for myself you know obviously I've been very fortunate to grow up seeing a load of role models from the culture I come from but I think yeah. having a daughter as a, as a as a as a father is a game changer it's made me realize that you know um there are many female role models around you know obviously such as my wife who also works in you know in the stem field obviously you know teachers like yourself as well and i think it's really really important and i think one of my passions is to sort of say to my daughter one day that she doesn't feel like she's only going class studying the mm -hmm. same subject that yeah. there are many young women studying the same subject and she shouldn't be you know you know uh, discriminated against because she's a young woman studying the stem, stem subject 
Absolutely. And, and, and you, you talk about role models, and I, th I think that's a really important thing for us to show um, black and ethnic minority role models in our class as well, um, because the, the faces of the people that the children see in class reflect what they think they're going to be able to then do in the future. Um, you know, so I, I think it's really important. I, I did a lesson the other day and we were looking at, um, I was just actually reminding myself um, of her name. Um, and uh, there was a, a, a female hijab wearer who became the first female firefighter. And, you know, and if you actually um, Google first female hijab wearer and leave it there, you'll find that there are, there's a first female judge who um, was, you know, appointed in 2020, it says here. Um, and, and I just think to myself, wow, we're still seeing the firsts, the first women this, the first woman that, or the first black person this. And I think, wow, why are we still in a world where the firsts are still happening? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I know what you mean. I mean, hopefully one day, you know, maybe the generation that comes after us, you know, will experience that maybe it wouldn't be a mom to celebrate, you know, uh, one particular culture. It'd be, a, you know, something that is done every day, you know. And I mean, yeah. I say this as well, obviously, this, this goes for a number of days, such as International Women's Day. One day, I hope that it is a day that is not just a day, that is celebrated every day, you know. And yeah. I think that's very important. So I got yeah, a question. No, yeah, I think that is important that we don't just we don't just sort of token gesture these situations. So, you know, your, your education for the whole year has this intertwined within it. It's not just a, oh, right, this is, yeah, and okay, Black History Month is important, for example, or, you know, STEM week or whatever the day or the week is. They are important for us to, to take a little bit of time to highlight on these issues. But yeah, I think you're right that we need to maybe think about more the intertwining of it as a, just a normal part of our school day. Um, rather than, than slotting things in for the sake of them. No, and I agree 100% with that statement, honestly, you know, it's, it's, um, you know. So I've got another question for you. Think back to mm. your 17-year-old self when you were in sixth form, in your days of yeah. sixth form. Um, based on our topic we're, talk to, we're talking about today, okay, what advice, if you were the teacher and you're looking at your 17-year-old self now, standing in front of you, what advice would you give your, your, your 17 -year -old, version of your 17-year-old self about a career in science? Well, I mean, funnily enough, I had to go back to, to actually primary seven. So primary seven for us is when I was 11. And I, at the time, wanted to be a pilot. And I said to my primary seven teacher, who was a woman, I'd love to be a pilot. And I still remember this day very vividly that she said, women can't be pilots. And, and from that day on, I, I remember kind of getting to the point where I go, actually, I'm going to do what I want to do and I'm not going to listen to people telling me I can't. So, but what I also was thinking about was that I didn't ask questions of the career service when I left school and went to uni. I, I don't think I realised that there was a career service out there, that there was somewhere to find out about that I could get a job with the career, the, the, the qualifications I had, for example. And I remember once I did graduate, I went back up to where I come from, which was Bucky, which is right in the northeast of Scotland. And I went to the job centre. And the job centre, I said, I'm here to help you, you know, find a job. And they said to me, what experience have you got? So my experience of working at that time had been waitressing as a student to pay my way through university. So I says, well, I've got a, a 2-1 in geochemistry from St Andrews University, and I've been a waitress. So the woman then started to type in, right, well, we'll look for some waitressing jobs for you. And I was miffed. I sort of sat there and I said, but I've got a degree in geochemistry. And what I didn't understand, that was my local job centre in Bucky wasn't tailored for STEM jobs. I now realise that, that there are other places to go for jobs. So I suppose to my 17-year-old self, I would hope that teachers nowadays are able to signpost better to the careers that are available. They're able to get you into the right college course that suits you because you want to do something. Um, and, and that maybe they, instead of sort of focusing on one tiny little skill, they, they can allow you to open up and explore that world of work and because and, and, there's so much out there that I just had no idea what the jobs were. So as a 17-year-old female, I felt like I wasn't helped to find that information and I didn't know where to find it. So careers, education and schools is improving massively. 
And, and I think, you know, in our school, we have skills for work from first year all the way to sixth year. So I think that is changing now. But I would also say to my 17-year-old self, you know, believe yourself. Believe in yourself. I still have to say that to myself now as a woman. Um, and, I'm, I'm in, you know, I, I spend a lot of time networking with the, the, the women's education on Twitter. Um, and, and there is still this feeling that women won't apply for a job because they maybe think they can't do it all but men will apply for that same job because they just say, go for it. So women out there, girls out there, we are good enough. We don't have to feel guilty about saying, I am good enough. It's not arrogant, it's confidence. Um, and, and I think that's, I suppose, the big piece of advice. Believe in yourself and have confidence and don't allow anybody to put you down and make you feel second best because you're not. No, and I think it's very important, like you've mentioned that, but obviously not feeling second best. And talking about, obviously, you know, diverse representation STEM. Mm. I mean, recently there's been an article that's come out by Sir Lewis Hamilton about his commission, about, you know, encouraging the next generation of diverse teachers to, you know, STEM teachers from diverse backgrounds. Because yeah. I think that representation is extremely important, you know, for, you know, especially my children, you know, who, yes. who are from a mixed background and seeing someone who looks like them or looks similar to them, you know, in the classroom yeah. can inspire them, you know. Yeah. And I think for the same for your children as well, you know, we live in a multicultural society and I think it's important that we have role models on that. Yeah. We actually only have, I mean, I, I found an article that, that, that kind of shocked me a little bit. Um, I, I wanted some statistics or some numbers to speak to you about from Scotland. And I, I found an article that was from 2020. And the First Minister, Nicola Sturgeon herself, to quote her, said the lack of BAME teachers in Scotland is unacceptable they are woefully underrepresented now i actually then the number 1.6 percent of teachers in scotland are from bame groups how appalling is that 1.6 percent of teachers so you're right are the faces in the schools diverse enough to be telling our kids you can be that next person no and, and i think that's like i said it's extremely important so for my next question to you as you know it's black history month and mm -hmm. in your opinion, why is it important for students from different backgrounds to consider creating science? Why is that important? You know, what do you say to the student who is not from a who's from a diverse background and they approach you and say, Look, miss, I'd like to, you know, approach you, you know, think about a career in science. Yeah. What do you say to them? Why do you think that's important? Well I think it's really important, it doesn't it? It's not just about the careers in science, it's anywhere. I was, I was doing some um, research on leadership recently and one of the things that really um, kind of stuck in my head was the inquest into 9-11. And what they said was uh, the CIA, the, the kind of security agencies in, in America and Britain, and they're too white, they are too white. And, and there's a very strong feeling that had there been a more multicultural uh, um, staff within these security services, then the 9-11 disaster may not have happened because you know, certain white people were looking at some of the images that came out very early on before the attack and they didn't take it seriously. Now, that's obviously a very extreme example, but to me, that just, it, it, it highlights that some of our world is full of a particular demographic of you know white middle-aged man who thinks in a particular way and therefore our world is not getting more diverse at the top in the stem careers in the leadership careers in in the government in our schools so the more variety we see on videos um, on posters in booklets around the schools then that then will lead to, to more people feeling comfortable to go and do what they want to do because they'll know that it's okay. So, I, you know, again, what, what do I, I mean, in, in my class, I've got a couple of fantastic books and one of them is 101 Awesome Women Who Transformed Science. And I love the front cover on it of it because it's got different colored faces. And then another one I also like, The Mighty Women of Science, and that's the A to Z of Extraordinary Scientists. And again, you've got different races and different ethnicities um, expressed in this booklet. And it's from history as well, so it is showing that we have had these wonderful trailblazers, as I've called them, in the past. Um, and I've mentioned some of them already, some of the ones that I think are just amazing. Um, but we need more of that. 
So we need teachers showing, um, you know, the, the, the people behind these stories and showing their faces. So girls like your wee girl or, you know, a, a girl like my wee girl can, can feel. Women can do this. Black and ethnic minority people can do this too because they're seeing those faces and they're feeling comfortable that their world is represented. No, thank you for that. And like I said, that is pretty up and a very uplifting statement that, you know, it's important that representation is very important, you know, and mm-hmm. like you said, speaking to the next generation of young people, you know, from diverse backgrounds, saying to them, like, it is pretty cool to approach a career in science and nothing should hold you back. Yeah. So, obviously, my final question to you would be this, actually. Now, as you know, during the lockdown, we've all probably found, uh, you know, different way, of, different activities, different things to keep us going. Okay, so <laughs> music's probably been a way to keep all of us happy for our mental health during the lockdown, and I think many of the listeners can agree on on that. Yeah. So, my question to you is: Can you tell the listeners your recommended music track for the week, and why have you chosen that particular track? Oh, I couldn't pick a track, Joe. Oh my word, what a question to ask somebody like me. I I have a brain that works at a billion miles an hour. The, the, the kids tell you when you come into my class, yeah, you'll know what's going on, but you'll have to keep up with me. <laughs> so actually, this, this last couple of weeks for me have been really busy. There's been a lot going on, um, you know, and, and, and just, well, like you guys down south as well, we're coming back from a summer holiday where we've spent the, the whole summer outside because we, we were being encouraged to. And we've come back into school and the masks are on for us anyway. And, and it's still really um, quite... I'm going to say COVID-y, what a word. <laughs> We've got a lot of COVID stress going on in the school, Stella, feel. Um, so I actually have an album that I used to listen to oh, when I was 17. And maybe your question about what would I give the advice to my 17-year-old self, maybe that's why I thought about this. And it's an artist called Olive. And, and, her, and the album's called Extra Virgin. And, and it's just so chilled. It's a really kind of trancey, chilled out dance album. And, and it takes me right back to Tea in the Park in, in 1997, <laughs> when, I was, when I was, I was a young, free and single and had none of the worries that I have to deal with today. And, and so if you're looking for just a chilled out album to really just take you down and, and help you forget and, and switch off that teacher your brain because as I say if you're anything like me you've got a, a, a brain that's juggling a billion things all at once so all of Extra Virgin fantastic tune <laughs> now well that sounds like an amazing you know amazing tr- uh, tune on track and you know yeah. something that obviously I'd recommend for you know the listeners of today who are listening to uh, you know go ahead and look at you know various audio uh, platforms to listen to and, yeah. you know, I mean, like I said, you know, I think music kind of helps us, you know, as teachers kind of just reset ourselves, you know, to kind of yeah, feel yeah. happy because, you know, like I said, the last 18 months has been a tough 18 months for all of us, you know, yeah. we can't really sort of, you know, uh, joke and uh, lie about that, you know, we've all found our mental health being, you know, sort of push the extreme and yeah. even for myself you know i got through the the long days you know by listening to some of my favorite music tracks you know some chilled music you know and just you know i suppose being thankful that you know that a obviously you know you haven't been you know you're not unwell with covid and yeah. b just knowing that you know that there will be light in the tunnel and you know now, so that, that, that light has has happened and yeah, you know yeah. we're all starting to go back to normal you know i'm also especially in england and maybe in scotland yeah. restrictions have lifted as well and you know it is something that we may have to live with so like i said you know we're still getting used to i suppose being human again being back in society yeah, you know and yeah. I think even just interacting with people again, and you'll have noticed it with your wee girl as well. You know, our young, young children have have well, your your daughters lived our whole life pretty much in COVID, <laughs> you know, in yes. lockdown. And, and and I think, you know, for our young children, they're seeing my daughter now is just so used to people seeing seeing people in masks that it's become her normal. And and that's kind of that makes me a little bit sad, you know, that that she's grown three eight, half of her three years have been with people who have their face covered up. But yes, I do feel like, like you say, there is a bit of a light to end the tunnel. Joe, I'm really, I'm loving hearing you as well. And I'm wondering, you know, we've talked about the fact that we've both got kids over our emails and, you know, we've been saying, oh my, sorry for not replying, I was dealing with my child. So what what are you doing with your little girl that's helping her be her and recognise that she's wonderful and she's good enough, even though she's only two, because it starts at such a young age, doesn't it? 
Well, I mean, that's a very interesting question. I think the first credit will need to go out to my wife, actually, because my, my, <laughs> uh, my wife's been absolutely awesome during the lockdown, honestly. You know, I don't know how I, I would have survived without my wife, actually. <laughs> you know, she, I mean, homeschooled the children, you know, sort of get everything yeah. in order whilst teaching online. I think my daughter, <laughs> um, during the lockdown, got used to me being at home quite a bit. So it was yeah. nice to have that father-daughter bond, you know, and just having time to play with. So my daughter now is interested in puzzles. So uh, <laughs> a lot of the time when I come home, you know, and it's great, you know, she'd run and give me a hug and then basically we'll sit down and do a puzzle for about an hour. So, you know, oh, and nice. it's great, you know, great, you know, and obviously, you know, she's now obviously getting used to seeing people, you know, like you said, my daughter was a lockdown child and spent the yeah. time, you know, seeing people face masks. So it's it great for her to kind of see how she interacts with people and how yeah. she interacts with family, you know, and... I think, you know, even as an educator myself, you know, I'm obviously witnessing the students that I teach, you know, how they interact with each other. Because, again, it's 18 months since I've had that type of face-to-face contact, you know. Yeah, and even yeah. some of the students I teach are still a bit standoffish. So it's, it's <laughs> quite interesting times. Even as adults, we're still a bit standoffish as well. Yeah. So interesting times going ahead, you know. Yeah, I, th- I think so. And, I, and I, I really hope, you know, over this next next few months, as we see COP26 happening in Glasgow, which we're all very excited about up here, uh, you know, I hope to see that we are going to get, a, a, even our generation and the next generation of a, maybe maybe slightly more responsible and caring people who, who actually just, just settle down and, and look after the world and look after each other because we are in a... You know, Britain's never had a global pandemic in my lifetime, and I, I've never experienced anything like this. And it and it feels like the world is changing, and I really hope so. You know, there's lots of calls to. I, I mean, I was just looking at our own uh, General Teaching Council website, and there's loads of advice there about how to um, decolonise the curriculum and to to introduce equality and diversity. There's online leader um, learning modules, and there's all sorts. So I really feel like there is a change happening, and that. It, we are going to move into a, a well I hope a better world because I do sometimes think you know now I've brought a wee person into the world that I just want it to be a nice world for her and that sounds like a very simple desire but it is such so much more complicated than that isn't it you just want it to be a good place for them no and this is the thing there and I um, and you know my hope is that obviously with the world of STEM you know STEM being taught in schools from primary school to secondary and beyond you know and in, you know it will sort of STEM will be you know at the forefront you know of making the world a better place you know as you know yeah. you know the um the the fantastic you know doctor who invented the vaccine for um, AstraZeneca was made a dame you know and and mm-hmm. for me I said rightly so because she has saved so many people so many uh, yeah. thousand thousand lives you know and that mm-hmm. is basically what the power of stem does you know stem yeah. is kind of everywhere it's not just you know in one subject or one area it's basically every day and my wish is that obviously like i said you know that stem is embraced by everyone you know and that stem is taught in school as a you know a regular subject not just something that is seen as a as a club or something that's seen as extracurricular because i think it's important for the younger generation to learn about stem and to grow those digital skills and to be able to you know, comp- uh, you know, take on the jobs of tomorrow because there are yeah. many jobs out there. Uh-huh. I, I think, you know, you're right there in that, that growing of the digital skills. I mean, certainly there, you know, you, you, you've got a generation of kids who are great on their phones, for example. Um, but I've been delving into, you know, a lot more of the kind of technology of micro bits and makey makey. And I noticed you posted something earlier on the Raspberry Pi, which is kind of on one of my one of my radars to start looking into. But as a, as a chemistry and biology teacher, certainly when I moved to the ASN sector, I found that I had more flexibility to look at my subject more as a STEM subject rather than classic science, if you like. So I do think we still have a, a long way to go. Um, and again, there's been a lot of discussion since since the lockdown and with the, the Scottish Qualifications Authority and the exam process and whether that's actually the best way to get the best out of our children, whether an exam process is still, are we teaching to the test? You know, and, and I think you're right that we do need to make sure that we're, we're creating a generation of children that are confident to be problem solvers, confident to come up with ideas that aren't there yet. When I was, you know, again, just looking at the type of careers that are available out there, um, SSE, so our, our um, Scottish and Southern Energy um, company, huge, big company, and they're advertising for engineers and technicians to create things that haven't been created yet. <laughs> and, you know the job description when I'm reading it I'm going wow I need to look up what that means <laughs> and, and I think that's quite important as well that as a, as a science or a STEM teacher 
we we have to continually stay on top of what is going on out there what college courses there are, what jobs there are, what careers are available, what websites should we be directing people to look for those jobs? And actually maybe even trying ourselves to stay on top of some of the more modern language that is coming out of the, the, the STEM sector out there. Because as I say, I had to Google some of the stuff that was on some of these job descriptions because I have no idea what they are, which means that the children are going to start to teach me, which I think is a great place to be as a teacher. But we just need to keep this momentum up and, and, and as far as I can see. No, no, I agree with you. Like I said, fostering the interest of STEM, you know, for the younger generation is important, you know, and I, I, I use the phrase and it's something I believe in that you learn something every day yeah. and regardless how experienced you are as a teacher, you can still learn from the current generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and I actually, um, this week in my, in my class, I had exactly that moment happen. So when I was um, recently, I went to visit my dad um, on our September weekend and, and he's got a new lad working for him and my mum and dad um, have a big, oh, sorry, it's just my dad now, they have, a, they have a big site up there and they've got kennels and a couple of businesses on site and this new boy who was working for my dad, I was chatting to him about what I do in my class with the retro gaming and the makey-makey and all the bits of technology and he said, I found a box in the barn and I think there might be something in there that interests you. So I go in and I find a box and it said Amstrad on it. And I, now I don't know how old you are, Joe, but this Amstrad to me is my CPC 464, a 1980s computer from when I was about nine. <laughs> and, and this box, I didn't know what it was. So I knew it had something to do with this old computer. So I brought it to school, which is where the computer lives at the moment. And, and Damien in my fourth year class, who, who's a, oh, a tech genius, looks at it and he thought it was maybe an original modem. And then he, then he had a you could see his brain firing off and he went, oh no, hang on miss, your CPC 464 is a colour computer. And I was like, sorry, what? I've only ever known this computer to run through a green screen. So my whole life I thought our little computer was green. And it turns out this box that was found in my parents' barn <laughs> 35 years later is a box that plugs it into a, into a coaxial TV. So I happen to have a TV with a coaxial aerial still in it. And so we now have a colour computer. And, and I didn't know it was colour. So I think that, that conversation that Damien and I had was, was a wonderful STEM conversation because it just showed that he, was, he has the history, the knowledge, but neither of us knew what this box did. And then together as a teamwork, we worked it out. And now we have this fantastic resource in the classroom that everyone loves even better than we did before. <laughs> um, and, and you know, and, and, and the, well, I think some of the class are listening just now and they'll be, they'll be moaning that I've given Damien a shout out and not the rest of them. So hello 4A, just get that in there before they moan at me. Hi Terence, Cameron and everyone, Leah. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, I think, I, I'm not sure where I started that conversation really, but yeah, it's, it's kids, they're so amazing. They can, they're gonna fix the world, aren't they? They really are. <laughs> No, I like I said, you know, I mean, you know, it's about learning new things every day about STEM. Even myself has been you know, teaching for you know a certain number of years. Now I'm still learning new stuff about STEM and that's what I get excited yeah. about STEM and pass on next time to the next generation, you know. And yeah. you know, even now my my son, you know, who's a primary school age, he uh, yeah. you know, is kind of into Minecraft now, you know, and that is kind of, you know, a massive thing, you know, within STEM these days now, learning about so, you know, it's obviously compute part of the computer science curriculum we're teaching you know, young people about the aspect of STEM and obviously, for example, mm-hmm. building a, a room to scale, for example, you know. Yeah. 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 The, mind, the Minecraft um, is on my list of CPD as well to do because when I'm, when I'm talking about the metals topic in particular, the, the kids are always saying things like, oh, I think I could do that on Minecraft. I think, and, and, you know, now I realise that, the, you know, I've been teaching about a blast furnace for years and I could have just gone and played Minecraft with the kids and all the learning is there. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, yeah, the learning new things every day, definitely, because, I, I, I've, you know, I came into teaching, oh, 18 years ago now, you know, so I kind of feel like I'm at the stage now where I need to be listening to the kids more than I maybe did before because there's so much going on out there. And if I don't listen to them, my teaching doesn't stay up to date and everything that we've just talked about doesn't happen. So, yeah, definitely. So, mine, well, I'll be maybe emailing you about Minecraft and picking your brain about it if you know a little bit about it and you've got a kid using it. 
yeah, no, exactly. You know, I so said it's just been a massive thing. You know, in my school, for example, we're obviously talking about you know STEM. When I was meeting the parents during the open evenings for the last couple of weeks, yeah. I think they were talking about obviously Minecraft and talking about you know how much you're interested. In. And you know, I'm an esports you know leader, and one of the things that I'm looking to bring to my STEM club is you know is esports, especially you know Minecraft, because again there's so much of an education value to it and it's not just obviously covers it covers the whole spectrum of of stem as well you know science maths engineering technology computer science comes under that bracket as well so there's so much you can learn from that you know and take Mm -hmm. away from that yeah and i think it's it's interesting as well what you've mentioned that a couple of times there that kind of idea that stem is you know it's a it's a cross-curricular it really is i mean but when i think about my mum and dad again dad dad actually back in the day he was he's still dyslexic but when he went to school he wasn't recognized as dyslexic so he actually left school very early so you could argue was the polar opposite to my mum who was educated to degree level, but they both ended up working in the same field, in food technology. You know, and, and one of my best friends in school, Helen Graham, the home economics teacher, I was chatting to her today about her history and how she got into teaching. And one of the things she was telling me was that she actually did chemistry, physics and biology at school rather than home economics. Um, and, and But she wanted to become a home economics teacher, but she recognised the importance of, I'm going to call them, I suppose, the hard sciences. To, to help um, back up those skills that she knew she'd need later on as a food technologist or a home economist, you know. So, and, and again, it was math she was mentioning, those skills of kind of calculus and what she called the old-fashioned maths of trigonometry and things like that, which arithmetic and all levels. But, yeah, I, I think science, STEM, it's such a cross-cutting theme. I mean, I'm even thinking about, the, you know, the shoes I'm wearing. There must be an engineering process involved in that. So, you know, just, just letting those kids know that lots of things that they do might have a STEM input and, and that and even that engineering design process can be used in so many different places. Um, yeah, I mean, God, you can obviously tell I could talk about science and technology forever. It's just, it's, I, I just enjoy it so much and there's so many different scopes, you know, so, so many different places you can go with it. No, and I think, you know, it's important to talk about, you know, science and technology and obviously, you know, and it's, it's a passion at the end of the day, STEM, and, you know, mm-hmm. science is a passion. And, yeah. you know, I'm the type of person who would always say to someone, embrace your passion, you know, and go for it. You know, if you want to achieve a career in science, if you want to achieve a career in STEM or, you know, maths, go for it. There's nothing stopping yeah. you, you know. The only person that stops you is you. That's what I always say to, say to my students. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The choices that they make and the, the engagement that they give, you know, that they have to put in the hard work. And, and you're right, we can facilitate that. And that's what we should be. We should be helping facilitate it in all the ways we've said, representing the, the mixed variation in our in our society and class, making sure that our science education isn't just chemistry and physics and biology now because it is so much more but yeah I think more so as well as as teachers and facilitators we have to impress on children that hard work is still needed you know nobody's going to just throw a job at them Um, and we worked hard to get to where we are and and, you know the kids said kids still see me working hard Um, and I I think that is a message that I get across them a lot as well that yes if you want to be the best if you want to be that person who's coming up with the new technology you know, the big quote, save the world, you know, fix fix everything that we've done to wreck it so far, then you are going to have to work hard and you are going to have to put in a bit more than the other person sitting next to you if you want that job. It's a competitive field out there, but there are lots of different routes that you can take as well. So I think we need to make sure that they understand that, you know, they might, they might feel like a, a traditional career is school, uni, job, but, you know, we're coming away from that now and there's apprenticeships, there's college courses, there's, you know, so many different ways of getting into a STEM career. And, and as I say, I just have to think back to my mum and dad and their different routes into STEM and how they both ended up at the same same place in the same job. But they both worked blooming hard to get to where they did get to. Um, and so I think, you know, hard work and, and determination. But you're right. The only people that are really going to stop them, well, kind of, is themselves. But we have to support them and understand that they, they can shut off some of those negative influences. And that if somebody tells them they can't do it, they're allowed to question that. Well, why can't I? Let me in <laughs> and bang on doors and, you know, shout a bit louder than somebody else to get yourself noticed. 
No worries. I mean, George, I would like to say thank you so much for appearing on my first show as a guest. It's been absolutely lovely speaking to you. Obviously, you learned, too, I've learned a lot today about science as well. You know, um, obviously, I love science <laughs> at school. But I've learned a great deal about science today. So I would like to say thank you so much for appearing to be, uh, for appearing to be a guest on my show. And have yourself a lovely day. Thank you. Oh, I will. No, thank you for inviting me, Joan. It's been lovely to talk to you. And I hope we get to, to chat again. And uh, I'll just I'll, I'll go quiet now and listen to the last sum up of your, your show. So and well done for your first show as well. Brilliant job. Thank you very much. You're too kind. Thank you very much. Thank you. Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DFE-validated programmes to help you? Read Write Ink Phonics, Floppies Phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. Hello everyone and welcome to the History Hotline, the hottest line for all things black history and beyond. I'm your host, Deanna Lynn Cook, making space for honest conversations about black British, Caribbean and African history. Here to teach you all the things left out of your school books. Make sure you subscribe to the History Hotline on all good podcast platforms. Follow us on social media at the History Hotline on Instagram and at the History HL on Twitter to find out about new upcoming episodes. Do you struggle with people pleasing? Is it a constant battle managing different and difficult personalities? Why not inspire, challenge and empower your team through the Mal CPD Essential Coaching Skills for School Leaders course or gain practical skills to become a strong and compassionate leader through the assertive leadership and the emotionally intelligent leader courses. All Mal CPD courses are accredited by the Institute of Leadership and Management. Find out more at www.malcpd.com. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to say a couple of thank yous. First and foremost, I would love to give an amazing shout out to the teachers of, uh, or my colleagues, should I say, of Teachers Talk Radio. You're absolutely awesome, guys. Thank you so much for your support. I'd also like to give another shout out to all the staff and the students of Woodbridge High School who have supported me through my latest adventure. Hashtag we are Woodbridge, hashtag Team Woodbridge. I'd also like to give a massive thank you to uh, George Breen for being on the show today to talk about all things STEM and science and why science is important based on our topic today. Also, I'd like to thank all the amazing parents and guardians who have supported their young people during the lockdown and also encouraged them to you know, have an interest in STEM and foster their interest in STEM. And finally, as like I said, there's many listeners around, obviously, in the UK and around the world. Thank you for tuning into my first show. Obviously, I look forward to hearing from you, obviously, in the next show, which takes place next Tuesday. And a massive thank you for myself. Um, thank you to all the listeners who have obviously, you know, um, come. I was tuning in to today's show. And what can I say? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have yourself a fantastic day. As I said, it's Black History Month. So please, I'm going to say hashtag proud to be always be proud to be whatever you are you know in terms of you know your success going forward and i look forward to speaking with you next tuesday so thank you for your un, un uh, you know dying support obviously have a fantastic day love to all of you take care of yourselves now This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Megan Goods. This is your latest Teachers Talk Radio News.
The government has laid out plans to make offering, advertising or providing essay writing services to university and college students for financial gain illegal. The new measure will be part of the Skills and Post-16 Education Bill, which hopes to transform further and technical education. The Department for Education said it hopes the criminalisation of SA Mill services will stop students from falling prey to deceptive marketing techniques from contract cheating services. The latest coronavirus figures show that 204,000 students were absent in England last week due to contracting or having close contact with the virus. This equates to 1 in 40 students off school in England, up from 1 in 80 on September the 7th. Teaching unions have called the statistics grim and fear it is the unvaccinated status of the majority of 10 to 19-year-olds that is causing the rise. That was your latest Teachers Talk Radio News.